can hear me now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. I'll just do without it then. Yeah, you sound fine. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I ruined the show. But how <laughs> punk rock is this? Right? Very, right. very punk rock. <laughs> DIY. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Here it is. After another little brief hiatus, we've got the Punk Rock Cops back in action. Uh, we've got 10-8. Yeah. And we've got Robin. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I am just peachy. And then joining us, we have a third stooge in the mix today. Uh, it's going to be a new friend, Justin. What's going on, man? How are you? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You know, we, we kind of talked about this in the Scott episode that everyone in the group chat had a problem with because it was circus music. Uh, but we talked <laughs> about is. how there's it just is. a <laughs> we talked about how there's just like this crazy subculture in law enforcement of these guys and girls that were punks, still are punks, but it's almost like stigmatized, almost like no one wants to talk about it. Um, but then you find the person with like, you know, a minor threat shirt underneath their, their uniform or under their ballistic vest is like, that's so cool. So yeah. I'm glad you're here. Um, we'll get some more, more of our perspective from you and then we'll kind of, you know, extend this offer to everybody out there. If you're a punk rock cop and you want to give your story, like let, let us know and we'll be happy to uh, have you on in chat. So, um, Justin, go ahead and, uh, introduce yourself, man. Let us know who you are and, and all that good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Justin, or as uh, you might know me on Instagram as Justin Von Poopenstein. Uh, <laughs> kind of a play off of uh, the Misfits there a little bit. But uh, I live in the Central Ohio area, about ten minutes outside Columbus, the capital. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for twenty years. Uh, right. Believe it or not, been a punk rocker just a little bit longer than that so i still try to make it to shows and stuff when i can and uh still try to get out the old skateboard when i can it's a little cold right now in ohio but so i got a i got a new skateboard for christmas my wife got me so i can't wait to break my freaking wrist here in a few months <laughs> just be but, careful uh, yeah. because i i did the um my my daughter my oldest daughter got we got her a skateboard for her birthday and I decided to get on it in the house, and I Ooh. fell and uh, bruised my hip <laughs> yeah, from trying yeah. to skate in the house. Been like 25 years since I've been on a skateboard, so just don't break your hip like I did. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I make no promises, but I tried to do a kickflip in the garage the other day, and it did not work out very well. So I feel like <laughs> I've got a long way to go, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. For sure. Still have all my music gear, you know, from years of playing around and gigging and, you know, being in punk rock and hardcore bands, but uh, it's sitting in a bedroom right now, collecting dust, <laughs> well, as I, most I, of our equipment is. Right, right. But at least it's there. At least you didn't sell it, is. it or do anything like that. Oh, my gosh. So I have a really nice bass, um, and I got it for uh, with my graduation money from high school. Right, mm. I got it on eBay for like eight hundred bucks, and after doing some research, it's worth like almost three grand right now. Wow. And I had multiple offers. The guy who cuts my hair, he's a punk rocker, but he's like probably 
60 years old, so he's like old school. Uh, he's just like, yeah, man, I'll totally give you three grand for your base tomorrow. And I'm just like, ugh. That's like offering a price for my kid. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's worth more in sentimental value than. Oh, money. absolutely. For sure. Yeah. 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 I, I picked up. So when I was in my band year, eons ago at this point, um, I played keyboard because I could like play out like a little dinky tune and it would like work with the melody or whatever. But then when I left the band, I picked up guitar because I was like, all right, well, I want to start a new band and no one's, I, I'm not going to be like something corporate and just be like a keyboard led uh, pop punk or punk outfit. So, um, so I grabbed my dad's old one and we're t- like, this was practically made out of plywood. Like it wasn't a good sounding guitar or anything <laughs> like that. And, uh, this guy that I was playing with for a while, that sounds really bad. Pause. Uh, <laughs> this guy I was playing music with for a <laughs> no while. No judgment, man. This is <laughs> he had a, yeah. Yeah. He had a, a Taylor, I think. And he let me play that. And I was like, Oh my God, this is hot knife through butter. This is beautiful. I'll never be able to afford it. You know? And, um, I ended up giving, and I bought an an, um, an electric also, but I just kind of gave it to my nephew. He really took to music, like, far surpassed me, and he's he's amazing at this point. So definitely nice, he, better in his hands than mine. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, So, and I also have a guitar. My, my dad got me a Gibson Les Paul for my 16th birthday, and I never really took to the, to the guitar. I mean, I can, I can play a little bit. Never really considered myself a guitar player, but same thing. I just can't bring myself to get rid of it, you know, since my dad gave it to me. And uh, believe it or not, he still jams and, like, plays in bands and stuff in his 60s mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, which is cool because he's the one that really got me into music to begin with. Um, you know, he's an old school uh, rock and roll guy, you know, mm-hmm. from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, all the Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all that stuff. He still jams it. Uh, and he's a hell of a musician, but he's the one who got me into music to begin with. Nice. What would you say would be like your first like band that was an influence to you? Gosh, started kind of young. I have several stories. Like I remember mm-hmm. when I was in, uh, I was probably gosh, I was probably twelve or thirteen. My buddy and I would sit in his garage and smoke pot and listen to. Uh, like these old eight tracks he had in this garage. It was super cool. But like the first <laughs> band I really jocked on was probably like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. That's, that's me too. That's who yeah. I first got into. Yeah. So like, and, and that was the scene, like I got into skateboarding really kind of before even music because behind my parents' house growing up, there was an amateur sponsored skater. Um, oh. And he had a half pipe in his backyard and we just went over there and skated and stuff. And there was always just, you know, skateboards and stuff laying around. But, uh, you know, later, later on when I was in middle school and stuff, all my buddies skateboarded. So I kind of just got into it and they were all in the grunge and, mm-hmm. uh, Nirvana and Allison chains. And that's kind of when we first started our, our first little band. I was, we were in a band called the Amish ninjas. Um, <laughs> and we, nice. we, we covered, uh, Tourette's for the like the seventh grade talent show it was cool <laughs> nice. but yeah nirvana was really the first one that kind of got me into the music scene um i was a big like silver chair fan back in the day mm-hmm. uh, i know they were more like kind of mainstreamish, but uh they're like nirvana was... jr basically yeah yeah it, i always liked it because i was like oh man they're like 16 years old and they're doing this i've 
I'm totally going to be a rock star because, <laughs> you know, they're doing it. But Because uh, they did it, yeah. Right. And then I was always, like, into Metallica and stuff like that, you know, the, the early stuff. Um, Ride the Lightning is still one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, but that kind of com- progressed into uh, Strife and... Uh, Definitely Earth Crisis. I I loved Earth Crisis. I probably my favorite hardcore band of all time is probably Hatebreed, and I got into them mm-hmm. right when Satisfaction came out. Um, yeah, I was just talking about that shirt. album as well. Oh, nice. But I, I was talking about in uh, another episode that's probably going to come out here soon um, with another fellow punk rock cop. How um, I remember hearing. I think it was before dishonor the song and where he's like i will not be a victim i'll choose my own yeah. blah 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 but i remember hearing that in high school and i was like hooked <laughs> oh yeah it definitely like, it still gives awesome. me chills yeah i saw them i think well i saw them several times but i saw them in the venue that dimebag daryl was killed in so which is just mm. like oh. wow obviously it was before dimebag was killed but that venue was only like a half hour from my house. So that was like the place to go to shows back then. But I saw them for like six bucks. Uh, yeah. Them and Neurosis. Uh, <gasps> I don't know who Whoa. the other band was. Yeah, it was nice. $6. But uh, gosh, yeah, I used to know every single word to that album from cover to cover. Uh, and just going yeah. to shows and just freaking coming out at the end of it and not being able to talk because you're just screaming the lyrics the whole time. Which is, it's so funny because that, you know, Hatebreed's lyrics are so positive, but when you hear them, it's just like angry. It sounds so angry, but they're like yeah. very uplifting with their lyrics. It's really funny. Yeah. Super yeah it, it's Jamie. kind of, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say Jamie's lyrics, man, they, they come from, I think, a dark place in his life, or mm-hmm. at least some of them. And, uh, but they, they, they come out so positive, like uh, when you right. listen to to the lyrics and you're like oh man this is totally pumping me up mm-hmm. yeah, yeah they're still going that, strong too oh, i was sorry. just gonna say that there's like a um like a ignorance really because like i got someone at work and you know we were talking about music and you know they hear something like that and they don't listen to the lyrics so they just assume that it's talking about some crazy shit you know and they're always like oh is that uh kill your parents music i'm like no oh, yeah. as a matter of fact it's not if you if you actually like tuned into the lyrics it's the exact opposite like it's actually a positive message with it yeah Yeah, i got that a lot basically yeah taking responsibility for your life is a lot of what jamie's lyrics were about like you know that you don't need to rely on someone else you can you know yeah overcome your obstacles and whatnot but he has his own podcast too i think i've listened to a few episodes and he's a pretty i mean hatebreed's still going strong they're still touring and all kinds of stuff so they came through um, around here about two years ago and did just the Satisfaction album. Oh, uh, yeah. But I wasn't able to go, so unfortunately, mm-hmm. I missed it. But a couple, the guy who tattoos me actually went, and he was like, "Dude, you should have went. It was like the best time ever." Mm-hmm. It's like, well, thanks for rubbing <laughs> it in, Mark. Thank you. Right. <laughs> we're we're at this point where like so many bands that we grew up with are really were pivotal they're really they're doing these tours these you know 10 mm-hmm. 15 20 year reunion tours or like anniversary tours yeah. for these albums and i've gone to a few of them where it's just like 
you know, they play it front to back, and you're like, this is amazing. Some songs, like, they've never played live before, or yeah. you've never seen them live, and it's like, this is just as good as I always hoped, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. like a kid on Christmas yeah. hearing some, yeah, like, you just you get, know, like, you're saying, like, get the, you get the chills, you're just, mm-hmm. wow, you're, like, really in the moment, and it's just funny how you were like that at shows as a teenager, and if you really love the music, if you really love that band, it still has the same effect on you. Absolutely. Where you're like listening and you're like getting the chills and you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. So it's all nostalgic yeah. and it's like it brings back your childhood. You re- you get to relive your childhood for that mm-hmm. couple hours that you're at that show and act like a jackass and a buffoon and you know because <laughs> you know when you walk out that door and, and after you go to Waffle House or Denny's and you know when you right? get home you're you're back to life now and right uh, yeah you know my I'm married to a country girl and she certainly doesn't <laughs> understand the, the lifestyle that uh, the hardcore and punk community is and, you know, what it really means to all of us. But mm-hmm. uh, that's okay too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's kind of like my buddies are still playing in a band and they were coming through and the, the closest show to me was a house show. And I was like, ah, I don't, I don't think I'm, at house show level like if they were playing like a dive bar i'd probably do it but i was like house show no still working for law enforcement that's kind eh, of yeah. the line you know um right. so yeah, but tough. at the same thing like my girlfriend was the same way she's like uh house show i don't because her daughter really digs the band too and i was like we're definitely not bringing her to a house show so we're gonna have yeah. to wait till they play a club or something but yeah <laughs> House shows were always the best time, though. But God, thank yes. God, I never hosted one. Uh, <laughs> I so the the girl I dated in college, uh, they they hosted a bunch of house shows. They had Comeback Kid uh, play. Oh, yes, uh, yes. And at the time, I was just like, "Eh, Comeback Kid, whatever. They're fine." Mm-hmm. And then they played downstairs, and I'm just like, "Holy shit, that was tough." Uh, they it was are right- so good live. It was right when, uh, or right before, um, oh shoot, why am I blanking on this? Now I'm going to have to look it up so I don't sound like a buffoon, but. Was it their <laughs> first album? No. Oh, it was right, uh, it was right before Wake the Dead came up, came out. Wake the Dead, okay. Um, which is an awesome album. Yeah. But yeah, they were, sure. they were super, super good show and it was like. A twenty-five by twenty-five basement, if that, and just a hundred <laughs> uh, people packed in there. Um, so that was super fun. And then I saw—I uh, know they're kind of more metalish than hardcore, but between the buried and me. Oh um, yes, they uh, those guys rule, especially their early stuff. I really loved it. Yes, uh, I still I have saw... them on one of my my metalcore playlists. They're <laughs> yeah. so heavy. They're, and they're such good musicians. They technically mm-hmm. are phenomenal musicians. Um, but yeah, I saw them in a basement. Same thing, like $3. Um, <laughs> it was a place in Columbus. I think it's it's up by Ohio State's campus, and they have this house, and it's always been there, called the Legion of Doom. And it's just a college house, but good they made it a, a house. Oh, absolutely. Stellar, <laughs> stellar name. But... <laughs> It seems like every group of people who inherit this house keep 
the Legion of Doom going. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't. I hope it's still kicking. Um, you know, I feel like the scene here in Columbus has kind of gone downhill, but um, there's got to be shows somewhere happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like as because when I moved to Florida. And then I moved to where I live now. I'm completely disconnected to the scene. Like, I have no idea what's around, what local bands, anything like that. Um, I know, like, the big name clubs and then obviously the big stadium shows, which I'm not interested in. Never been a fan of those. But, I, yeah. you know, it's good to know, if possible, what the heartbeat of your local scene is still. Hopefully it's still alive and things like that. But I think I feel like the older we get, the further removed we get from that scene. And it's like, yeah. you know, again, I really hope that it's still, like around somewhere you know there's still people playing music and not everybody's just djing on a laptop i know that there's um there's somewhat of a scene um it just seems like uh it's weird to me to go to shows at these actual venues quote unquote um Mm. that aren't like do it yourself you know renting out the vfw hall and having bands come in um right because our you know back in the day when we were 18 19 year old putting on shows that's what we would do we'd rent out the the hall and we had this day Mm -hmm. forward play uh they came down on their they were coming from wisconsin going back to philly and they needed a show in between uh and they did it for like 75 bucks it was awesome they were (laughs) such awesome dudes um but yeah i mean now you go and it's like oh it's at the express live which is so Express and Abercrombie and all that stuff is all headquartered here in Columbus. So mm, they're all okay. like, you know, super, super nice, have like awesome sound system venues, but national acts come through too. And it's just, I feel like, oh man, that's like taken away from the, mm-hmm. uh, the do it yourself part of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the hey, they got it. They got to eat too, man. I mean, we're all in our forties now, so it's just like, okay, I get it. We got to feed our families and pay the rent and all that good stuff. Right, for right. sure. I know, I know. Up in Tampa, it's about an hour away from me. There's, there's a couple like, kind of sketchy. They're in the middle of that, right? It's like not like the mainstream venue, but it's definitely not like a hole in the wall dive bar. So it's right in the middle. And I went and saw a show years ago there, and I think it's called like the Ritz. So you would think it'd be super nice. It's not. And it's okay. I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. And um, you go on their um, their website or their schedule, and it looks, you know, it's just kind of like local showcase. And I'm like, that has potential. Like, that could be, you know, people just kind of renting it. But as far as, like, I remember when I was in my band, we played at the basement of a um, Jewish temple. And that was yeah, one of the best shows we played. And, you know, yeah. people breaking teeth from, you know, fighting mm-hmm. and stuff. Not even fighting, just jamming out. And you're right. I feel like those shows, those basement shows, those VFW hall shows were just the, the best. They were. Yeah, like when I went to see uh, Youth of Today back in November um, in Philly, um, it was at the first Utilitarian Church or whatever. So in the basement and it just brought me back to my teenage days Absolutely. it smelled it was dingy it was you know <laughs> gross in there it was like you know very very minimal i mean everyone was squeezed in there and i just felt like i was 19 again going to a show it reminded mm-hmm. me of a of a show i went to in denver i think um it was 
Reach the Sky. I don't know if you guys know. It's a hardcore band from Boston. So I saw them, and I was standing right next to the uh, amp, and it was so loud that I almost passed out. (laughs) And, like, the ceiling was, like, I don't know, like, maybe six and a half feet high. It It was crazy, but it was so fun, even though I almost, you know, died in there. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like all the good show stories include that at some point, mm-hmm. some point in it. We took, we went, I mean, this is years ago. We went to a college show, like a college booked a bunch of bands for like their homecoming or spring fling or whatever. And they did a wall of death. And our buddy was unaware of what that meant. And he stood right in the middle of it and he got flattened. It was amazing. Like, you know, obviously we had to make sure he was okay, but like, you know, that kind of energy is, is, mm-hmm. you know, you live for that energy live. For sure. Oh, Justin, you're muted. Hold please. <laughs> nope. This is where the technical difficulties thing right. goes across the screen. We'll be back in one moment. (laughs) Oh, am I back? Oh, there you go. I'm back. What happened? I'm sorry. I hit the button. (laughs) I'm an idiot. I know it. No, you're good. Um, yeah. Oh, well, well, I was saying like that. So we had a bunch of college shows, uh, as well. So I saw a lot of cool shows there. I think the colleges didn't know what they were getting into. Um, but it was mostly like uh, pop punk bands like Fairweather and uh, mm. oh gosh, who else came down? Um, saw a lot of good shows at uh, Ohio University in Athens. Uh, mm. They would uh, book these bands, but it it's cool that they were allowing the students to do that kind of stuff, and the, the college was shelling money out for it. But I, I don't think Correct. that they approved of the crowd that came. <laughs> Also true. Yeah, we uh so the show I'm talking about going back to the ska, but it was it was like a Streetlight Manifesto show. But I'm sh- like literally they came out in the middle and was like, "All right, y'all got to stop the moshing, stop the stage diving and stuff." And that didn't work and then we just did it more. But ex- exactly, like they booked these bands, they booked these acts because the student population wants it, which is great. And then when they realize what that means, it goes it goes, you know, wrong. Yeah. yeah, went bonkers. It was awesome though. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, I'll double back on what Robin was saying. Um, like the best shows I ever went to were in these like little dingy clubs where you didn't dare use the bathroom. Like, right? You, you like? <laughs> nope, you're mute again. You're muted again. I'm just going to set this thing down and not my shirt must be using it's a little handheld. Is that a baby microphone? Oh my God. It's so tiny again. Hey, that's what she said. Oh, do those things have batteries? I don't know. Let's see how long it lasts. That's what she said. Okay. Well, (laughs) nope. You're dead again. There's a plug into a USB. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. I'll just do without it then. Yeah, you sound fine. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I ruined the show. But how <laughs> punk rock is this? Right? Very, right. very punk rock. <laughs> DIY. Fuck it, we'll do it live. 
<laughs> That's one of my favorite drops. I, uh, I, are you a Stern listener? I'm not. Oh my gosh, they had that on there, and uh, he plays it all the time. But <laughs> that guy's such a lunatic, yeah. and it just that clip just showed how much of a, a lunatic he is. Good times, man. Back when TV news was ridiculous, like it, we knew it was ridiculous. You know what I mean? And, and now they try to play it off that it's not so ridiculous. Yeah. But when you had him and Rush yeah. Limbaugh going back to back, I mean. Yeah. I just, I could never get into that stuff. Me neither. I was, I, tr- I try my best still to this day to stay far away from politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have my own opinions and stuff, but no one cares to hear them. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care to hear anybody else's opinion unless it's exactly like mine. But, <laughs> I, mean, I know that's narrow minded. <laughs> hey, but it's true like, though, right? Know, I don't care. Now, I do love uh talking politics with my mom because i just i can get her going so much <laughs> uh uh she's very it's kind of weird because she's from uh the boston area which is very far left leaning mm-hmm. and uh and she's very far right leaning so i'm just like I, I just anything anything <laughs> sets her off i'm just like you're wrong <laughs> yep that's how my dad is but uh yeah it's at least it's fun that way. Right, right. You make your For own sure. adventure out of it. <laughs> yeah. I like, uh, we have a, get we have mad a sergeant at you at... not talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a couple days. Good, I'm not going to get a phone call about stupid we, stuff. We got a sergeant at work who's super, like, conspiracy theory and all that crap with the vaccinations and all that shit. So we just kind of push the pedal a little bit, see how wound up we can get him and get his blood pressure up a few, few hundred points. <laughs> and good to go at that point. So, you know, it's, at least here in Ohio, it's very far right-leaning. You know, I live in the sticks. I work in a place that's, uh, you know, we're just outside the capital, but it's still very rural. So you have a lot of these um, super conservatives and stuff. And especially in law enforcement, you know, you get a lot of country boys and they're super conservative. Right. And you have me. And, you, and I'm just like... Eh, fuck that. Trump's an idiot. And they're like, well, he's the best thing ever. I'm like, no, buddy. He's, he's, he's really not. But, but you know, it's it's still nice to be the contrarian sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That we all were growing up, you know, anti-establishment, anti-cop. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I feel like cops. at right? this point, being a cop is being a contrarian, you know, like like the modern rebel you know the modern rabble rouser i just yeah. feel like is more narrow-minded the the other side you know what i mean whoever yeah. is not them and yeah. that's kind of my my fun take on it is like actually you know like being a cop i'm still more more of a rebel than the you know the people out there protesting because they're just literally just sheep and when i saw rage against the machine come out publicly about well, I forget what they were talking about. I think it was the ma- mandates and stuff like that. Like they were in support of it. I was like, more like rage became the machine. Oh yeah, it's like very yeah. hypocritical. It's like, oh yeah, we're so anti this, anti that, and now, but we want you better get vaccinated. You can't come to our we're you can't come to our concert unless you're vaccinated mm-hmm. and can show proof and blah blah yeah. blah. It's like hypocritical. Mm-hmm. They were always one of my kind of favorites growing up, but I always found them super. Actually, I was suspended from school for wearing one of their t-shirts. <laughs> um, mm. uh, it was the 
it was right after Columbine happened, mm-hmm. and I had one of their T-shirts had nuns on it, and they were all holding shotguns like this, and I refused to take it off, and they're like, "Well, you're suspended." Then I was like, "Okay," uh, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll never forget this. Like you know, my mom and dad they were super like, "You do you do good in school, or you're in trouble at home." Blah blah blah. And I got home and I told them what happened, and my mom was just like. I'm calling the school right now. And you're like, you suspended my kid for what? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, mom. Get <laughs> nice. But, yes. uh, but yeah, I mean, they are totally just like, like you said, I mean, just like they have become the machine. Mm-hmm. Just like, they were always so anti-capitalist. And I was like, okay, well, are you like handing back your paychecks then? Right. Uh, right. Of course no, not. Absolutely not. Uh, I know you're, yeah, exactly. Are you not using an iPhone then? Mm-hmm. So I was listening to uh, like <laughs> NoFX. I was listening. Actually, I just I just posted a clip from The Dictator, the movie from like 2012, and everything he does in this little bit that I shared, uh, he's making fun of like the Republican establishment. And when you listen to what he's saying, it's literally it's it's flip flopped now, like. You know, and that's why I think that the bi-party, the two-party system is just a joke because they literally just ping-pong on what, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to be extreme yeah. next to, you know, if this right. side is not extreme enough, then we're going to go extreme to balance it and then we're going to look ridiculous. I was like, this, it's it's scary how, you know, things have just changed. And, and I was listening to, like, you know, murder the government government and uh, Franco on American, going back to what I was saying about no effects, and like what they're complaining about is the exact same shit that Republicans are complaining about the Democratic Party right now. I was like, you guys are right. all idiots. That's why it just. Not... Yep, they are. Yeah. It's a waste sure. of time. Absolutely. All of it. You can see Fat just Mike. The... Fat Mike is all about like you know he hates everyone and you know he's so anti this and that, but you should see the house he lives in and like san francisco mm-hmm. it's a nice fucking house right. it's oh like, i bet hmm, right. interesting i uh i saw henry right. rollins last year he was doing a spoken word tour and you know he's always been anti-police anti-everything and he tells a story about how somebody broke into his compound like he has a, a a metal gate blocking his house, all that stuff, <laughs> got into his house, whatever. Of course he does. Of course he does, right? And he talks about how, like, he tried to be cool with the... He called the police, but he was trying to be cool with the guy, didn't press charges, anything like that, let him go. Then a night later or later that week, the guy comes back, does the exact same thing, but this time, like, destroys part of his house because he broke in again. Um, <laughs> like I said, we're talking, like, climb this whatever big gate he has, climb to the second floor, got in wrecked this room and again he tried to let the guy go but the guy was like he's crazy he's a crazy homeless guy or drug guy or whatever and at the end he was like yeah so i called the cops and had this guy arrested because you know but he gave him like 15 different times i was like well look at you can can you like say that like out loud that you know the police actually helped you (laughs) and that you know this whole hug a thug mentality actually doesn't always work and you know yeah, and yeah. It, I mean, you got to realize that you can't reason. I think we've all been on those calls where you sometimes you cannot reason with someone who has, you know, a bad mental illness or mm-hmm. is on a shit ton of drugs where they're in a psychosis. Yeah. You can't reason with those people. I yeah, mean, it's exactly. They just, and, and you can't just let them go. Right. They're going to be a menace to somebody else if you call them a ride or mm-hmm. uh, let them walk down the street. They just kind of have to 
go be dealt with for eight hours in a holding tank. But, yeah. Right. Um, and, and you know, that's not to say that jail is the best place for him either, but unfortunately that's kind of where we got. We got drunk tanks. We've got, you know, find a city ordinance and throw them in jail for that. That's all we've got. And that's yeah. not, that's not yeah. the police fault. You know, that's legislation for, you know, not sure, having yeah. other options, exactly. but no one's ever going to blame the legislature for that. It's always the cops. <laughs> For harassing we that have, that yeah. young man who is not doing anything to anyone. Yes, uh, my best thing is like when they get mad at us for being at their house. I'm just like, listen, you called me. Like right. I didn't just show up at your door. <laughs> right, like, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Don't get mad at me because I'm you doing what you called me here to do. But right, fortunately, I don't have to deal with a lot of that crap anymore because I'm on a, a specialized unit. But you know, I still deal with a certain amount of it. But I so just, that was one of my favorite lines. Yeah. So what's your uh, special assignment? Tell us about that. So I'm in the canine. Okay. Yeah. A canine just, uh, boy. Canine boy. That's why I got this <laughs> boy. sweet hair. It's not gelled right now. So that, <laughs> oh, it's no all. Product do you have like it, a hard so part? To... It's all like gelled like the other canine boys. Oh. That's how they they roll. So when you're issued the dog, <laughs> they issue you products. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> So right, it's here's not your a rumor. Leash, here's your it's kibble, confirmed. here's your pomade. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So important question so, for you with the, the whole yeah. canine thing. First and foremost, I think everyone wants to know, um, when you snuggle with your dog, are you the big spoon mm-hmm. or the little spoon? So I have a big dog. Um, he's big for a mouth, but uh, I think I can still be the big spoon. But Aww. he doesn't like to be touched. I was going to say, <laughs> he the like moment you snuggles. said Mal, I'm like, he's not being cuddled. No snuggles. No. He's a, he's a bit different. If, if I lay on the floor, he'll kind of snuggle up to me. But if I try to touch him, just like my wife, he'll just move away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's a lot different than like a shepherd. You know, those are like giant mm-hmm. teddy bears for the most part. Right. Yeah. Now at home, he's he's different at home. He is definitely, um, I wouldn't say a house dog because how much can a male ever be a mm-hmm. house dog? But uh, he's still a nut job. But uh, <laughs> he, he's certainly, his temperament is much different at home than when he's out in a car with me. Um, but it's, it's a blast. Uh, I've had them just over a year and it was weird because, you know, I had been a cop for so long and it was always a a lifelong dream of mine or career long dream to be a a handler. And and then I got the handle to the dog position and I went to canine school and it was like, I had to relearn how to be a cop all over again. Mm -hmm. It's like being a rookie again, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing. Um, because it really is a completely different way of policing. You know, you're not only responsible for yourself. Now you're responsible for this other living, breathing thing, um, that you don't want to put in harm's way Mm -hmm. that is designed to be put in harm's way. And he's your Uh, partner. Yeah, exactly. And just like, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I kept him in the car Mm. and things that I probably should have deployed him on. Mm. And I'm just like, so is he, you know, I had conversation. I'm sorry. Is he a bite yeah. dog too? Oh yeah. So, yep. So He's drug, drug yeah. and bite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're pretty restricted on what we can deploy for, uh, apprehensions for, mm-hmm. um, just because of, you know, new policies, mm-hmm. case law, all that right. stuff coming out. But 
they're scared of the liability. It's not like the old day where you just ship the dog, the dog for everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, we get a lot of drugs with him. He's he's awesome at finding drugs. Nice. But uh, he's going to tear someone's arm off one day, mm-hmm. hopefully. <laughs> I mean, now in, when, a, in a legal when, deployment. When you have him out, is he muzzled or you take the – or is he – No, no. So um, I'm I'm really fortunate in the the trainer that we use. He's he's one of the world's best, but we don't. You know how you have some dogs where you get so close to the car and it just they it sounds like shit. the dog's trying yeah. to get through the right. yeah. So he doesn't do that. Some of the dogs in my training group kind of they do, but they're just kind of territorial of the car, but. We don't paint the picture of when you get out of car, you're going to bite somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the dogs in like the military, at least the old school ones, were when they're out, it's the first person they see they're going to bite, and that's mm-hmm. just not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to do, I have to be able to do public dem- demos with them, so uh, bring them around kids mm-hmm. and let the kids pet him and stuff. So we certainly have to have a social dog, but when it's time to do work, he needs to know that it's time to do work. But yeah, yeah. you could walk up to my back door and open his, open the door and he'd be like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? You got my toy. So mm-hmm. when you, right. uh, when you walk by your, uh, your car, could you, because this has been my experience. So I've worked with several canines over my career. Um, some great ones, some great handlers, and then some that are not so great. I think we've all, worked with some of the not mm-hmm. so great ones, but, um, there's certain canine vehicles that I can walk past and I cannot even tell a canines in there, but there's others mm-hmm. that you walk up to and you can smell it right away. Like they don't <laughs> clean up after their dog. It's like, smells like dirty <laughs> dog ass in there. Yeah. And you're like, Oh yeah. It, it's such a difficult smell to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really have to clean your car every day. Yeah. Uh, just because the, the amount of hair that comes off of them right. is just insane. But they sit back there and they lick. And, you know, I, one time I thought something was wrong with them. I called the vet and I was like, there is this smell of death coming from my back seat. Uh, I'm bringing it in right now. I'm on the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the vet walks out when I get there and he's like, oh, yeah, he just expressed his anal gland in your backseat oh yeah i was like Ooh. oh yeah so that stinks real bad mm-hmm. yes um, it does <laughs> and it takes a fair amount of scrubbing to get that out but i guess i'm just used to the smell now right but i'm sure it does smell like dog <laughs> <laughs> i try to clean it out honestly i try to clean it out on one of my days off every single week but uh just because so much hair blows up into mm-hmm. my compartment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and I, I hate having a messy cruiser, um, but, you know, doesn't always work. It's a dog. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so what got you into law enforcement in the first place from going from this, you know, hardcore kid to law enforcement? How, how did that transition happen? So it's kind of weird. I was thinking about this last night. Um, it kind of started with, I just remember I was dating this girl and... Uh, we were driving from, you know, her town to my town and we were having this conversation about what we wanted to do with life. Cause I was like 18 years old working at like, uh, I was like a cook at some hotel, you know, 
had no idea what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to play in a band and this and that. And But uh, I was like, man, I kind of want to be a cop. And I remember her saying, no way, absolutely not. You Too dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And um, fortunately, we didn't last too much longer. Um, <laughs> in retrospect, she ended up marrying a cop. Oh, that's but, funny. Uh, and they, since they, yeah. Uh, and they since have divorced. Of course. So, but I think what really got me into is we had a... A lifelong family friend who was the chief of police at um, a little town uh, that, that I ended up working at. And he was just at some event, and I went up to him and I was like, Hey, man, I'm thinking about becoming a cop. And he's just like, Oh, you should come in for a ride along sometime. And I was like, Okay, yeah, cool. Um, so I showed up and did this ride along in this small town where not much happens. Uh, and buddy, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. I was just like, man, I got, I have to do this for the rest of my life. I don't know why, but <laughs> did a couple more ride-alongs, and then they're like, hey, we have an, uh, a part-time dispatcher position available. You should apply for it. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. So I filled out the paper application. And I turned it in. And I remember him saying when I turned it in, the chief, you know, we we knew each other, we we're personable, and he's like. So if I hire you, you're not coming in here with those fucking earrings. I had the my ears were stretched out to like a zero, and I wow. had long hair like almost down to my shoulders. He's like, you, you need to get a fucking haircut. I was like, okay, like cool. You're hiring me. So then I got hired as a part time dispatcher, and it was fine. I mean, it was a small town. We had, they had like you know, twelve cops. And it was full time police department, but it was small. Mm -hmm. A uh, very little rich town where not much happened. They had a small liberal arts private college. But that's kind of where I cut my teeth. I eventually went through the police academy, um, uh, which is where I met my wife, actually. She works in law enforcement, too. Mm -hmm. They hired me as a, a part-time cop there. And, you know, we're next to a, a city that's a little bit busier and... Uh, has some actual crime and you know the shootings and stuff like that but uh we got the bleed overs mm -hmm. like people coming mm -hmm. cutting through worked there for like eight years and then i moved on to the place that i work now coming up on 12 years in october nice. um i had to start in the jail i work for a sheriff's office so i had to start in the jail mm -hmm. um which was a huge bummer when i first started because i was just like man this this isn't like going out hunting for bad guys right. and stuff, but it's babysitting looking back on <laughs> it is, but looking back on it, every single person I deal with now was someone that I've dealt with in the jail. Yeah. You know, and you build you that rapport criminals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you really, if you're a good human anyway, you know, you learn how to, if you treat people with some dignity and respect, they will certainly give it back to you for sure uh, and you do build that rapport with them and i see that a lot of the young guys now man they just they think they can just go yoke somebody up yep. and like you don't understand like these are the people that are going to be out there on the street that you're going to mm -hmm. be dealing with mm -hmm. and they're going to remember that yep they're going to remember like it, if someone deserves getting their hands put on them cert you do what you got to do but don't be like don't be an asshole to be an asshole like, right that's what gives us a bad name in the first place. Yeah. I see that so much with the young guys is that, you know, they want to go kicking doors and freaking 
you know, put people on the ground and stuff like that. And it's like, well, if you can talk someone into cuffs, like, that's one less report you have to write, you know, a use of force report. And I'm a small dude. I'm a small dude. I don't need to fight anybody. I'm like best five, seven, (laughs) 180 pounds. Like, who am I going to fight? You know, I've been in my, fortunately, I'm able to handle myself pretty well, but certainly don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like that's the general consensus is like, no one wants to get into a scrap, be capable if it comes to that, but no one really wants to, you know? And, and that's, Mm. I feel like a lot of these newer guys, and because everything you're saying kind of links up to where I used to work too, where the hiring process, we were a PD, but you would have to work prisoner transport before you could work the road. They got rid of that requirement, so guys are coming straight out of the academy, first job ever, and they're working the road, mm-hmm. and they think they have something to prove, so they right. they act yeah. super tough, they get in all these fights, and you're like, why? What are What are you doing here? And it's only the older guys, the guys who kind of get into it later in their life, like mid-20s and up, that don't do that automatically. But if you get anyone mid twenties and yeah. down, that's the ones that you got to watch out. They're loose cannons. Well, they, we've had, I remember one time I brought someone into the jail. It was just this, like we were talking about earlier, like this unavoidable, like I have to take this person to jail or mm-hmm. he's going to kill somebody or kill himself. Right. He was just drunk, mm-hmm. you know, and he was an asshole and he was, he was probably like mid sixties, just absolutely hammered. And I did him a favor, and I didn't arrest him for DUI. I just brought him for, like, disorderly conduct. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you sit in the holding tank for eight hours, and you'll be released. You'll be fine. So he's down to the jail, and, like, he has a confrontation with this deputy who no longer works for our agency, thankfully. <laughs> and I had to step in between him after he, like, knocked the guy down on his ass. He was down in his face, like, pointing in his face. I'm like, dude, step back. Like, number one, he's handcuffed. Right. Number two... Uh, he's 65 years old and you're 25 mm-hmm. and you look like a, a little muscle, like shut the door, right? Just walk away and shut the door. Right. So he ended up getting fired for conduct like that. But even just kind of backing up a little bit, everyone's like, how do you get so much drugs? How do you get so much drugs? I'm like, I'm not an asshole to people. Right. When I stop them, I'm just like, I make them think that we're friends. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I, I get it. I'm a police officer. You're a civilian. But if you treat people decently and with respect, you will get a lot, a lot more out of them. Right. And when you walk up to your car, I think you have drugs on you. Can I search you? Well, they're going to say, no, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not... Right. <laughs> have you tried being but, a uh, human? You know, there's... Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is, you know, and it's, a lot of the younger guys, they just don't have the life experience Right. where after 20 years, I can honestly, I'm just like, I'm at a point where I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. I could give a shit less anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My give a shit has gone down a bit. <laughs> Not quite as gung ho as I was back in the day. Like, oh, Same. that guy doesn't have a license. He's got to go to jail. <laughs> right. Let, right. Let me, but, uh, uh, let me break this Yui in the middle of, you know, midday traffic to get that expired tag real quick. <laughs> Let me go get it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Even though that was exactly. one of my pet peeves when I was on patrol is expired registration. <laughs> yeah. Something I always oh, wrote for. Trooper Robin. Oh, well, listen. <laughs> All right. Everyone has their little thing. And that was my little thing. It's, it's still like now I'm a desk bitch, so it doesn't even matter. But 
I'll still see like an expired tag from like January 2022, and I'll be like that motherfucker. I'm gonna, uh-huh. I would I write mean, him a ticket. <laughs> so I'll, I'll stupid, even be off but... duty and I'll walk in a parking lot and be like, oh, that one's expired. Like, let me like, where where's this so one I'm working? You know? Or like, you see yeah. like someone with a cardboard box as their tag is like, oh my god, where's <laughs> oh, sovereign citizen for sure? Uh huh. With a, a cardboard oh, tag. We have our fair share of those. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean. Don't get me wrong. I have my violations too. My thing is like throwing cigarette butts out the window. Oh yes, if yes. If you do that in front of me, you you get a ticket. Now I don't write unless you are a complete turd. I don't write tickets. Right. But you throw you flick a cigarette butt out the window. Sorry, buddy. It's your day for sure. Mm-hmm. That yeah, pisses I, me off. And too. also, I like that's it. a that's a great like way to get in a car too. You know, or or you know, stop a car or whatever. Like, exactly. Oh, you know. So. I, yeah. I always loved having those little like tools and like in the back of the tool belt, being like, "Oh, well, there you go. like if you got nothing, look for something like that, you know." And yeah, like uh, a yeah. license plate light out. That's PC. Yeah, the felony, <laughs> the felony license plate light. Yes. Out. Yep. <laughs> But, you, you know, also, have... there's a lot of guys that stretch it too far. Like, you know, the, like, the plastic things around the uh, license plate, like the holders? Oh, where, yeah, the tinted license Yeah, you, just, uh, like, you gotta be cover. careful in a lot of them. Like, like oh, <laughs> right. that's obstructed. I can't tell what state it is. Really? The orange in the middle of this thing didn't tell you it was Florida? Come on, man. Like, <laughs> you're gonna lose that every single day. Oh, yeah. So, in Ohio, like, uh, anything that covers the license plate is technically illegal. Right. But uh, one of the things they have in our statute is even if they just ash out the window, Mm -hmm. that is in the statute. Like if you ash, that's litter. I can stop you for it. Nice. Um, So yeah, I use that quite a bit. Yeah. Florida has anybody listening. Florida has a statute (laughs) for um, putting any lit item into the grass. So it doesn't matter it's it's for you know yeah. discarding mm-hmm. cigarettes, which because Florida gets dry, we get wildfires all the time out here. So that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it sure. gets but when dry you get a pedestrian there? and you was that it it gets it's dry in Florida. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we have we have really bad fires down here. Oh yeah, we I I can't just not in the summer. What's that? Like yeah, yeah, pretty summer. much like anything from like June on. That's where the like mid afternoon yeah. thunderstorms come. Mons- but um, like right now, it's probably been like a month since I last saw like a good rain down here hmm. um but when you got a pedestrian and you got nothing on them and then they flick that cigarette on the ground let me stop you real quick and so yeah. it's good to know those little like those little tricks you know not to violate anybody but you know if you need to get out with someone so we have a uh, pretty serious homeless population um i feel like that's everywhere now i don't even know yeah. if they're homeless they're they're vagrants mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh but they go out and they steal all night, yeah. and that's how one thing that we use to kind of uh, curb their their movement is: hey, if you cross, if you're not in a crosswalk, we're gonna stop and talk to you. If you don't have the required lighting on your bike, we're gonna stop and oh, talk yeah. to you. So it's, it's not like I'm not writing them tickets or anything, but I'm gonna stop them and let them know that, like, hey, buddy, like I like, see you, I'm watching yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My but, uh, My agency right now, so I work in dispatch right now, but, like, I see what they do and don't do. And my squad that I work on, they are not proactive at all. They'll do their property checks, but very rarely stop anybody. And 
I think they're under the uh, the assumption that when you stop someone, you have to write a ticket. And I'm like, no, a citizen contact will work just as well as a citation or a warning mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And again, that's exactly what I like. I like crime pre- prevention through saturation where, hey, I'm here. Red and blues are in the lights That mean, or in the sky. That means that you, no crime's happening right here. And that's something when I worked the road, that's something I always told everybody was like, just be there. When they see your car, they're going to know that, oh, this isn't the neighborhood or this isn't where to do it right now. And even, yeah. I mean, true, like, police work is just moving the crime around, you know? And if it's not in your zone that night, then, hey, you did a good job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It being that deterrent. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we're all homeowners. We know what we expect of the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, you know, my expectation expectation of the police are... You know, it's certainly different because of what I do, but I would like to see cruisers in my neighborhood for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it's it certainly, we need to be out there being proactive in taking criminals away from criminal activity, mm-hmm. uh, whether that is sitting in a parking lot that has prostitution and drug dealing going on and just sitting there, mm-hmm. you know, or going out and stopping people, stopping cars, uh, and actually physically taking them into custody, you know. Because sometimes, you know, we feel we don't feel like we need to do anything tonight. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, and of course, yeah. there's, there's obviously balance with all that. Do you think that younger you would just listen to what you just say and think that you were a sellout for saying that? You know, I felt like I was such a sellout when I started in law enforcement because mm-hmm. um, I literally lost – like all my mm-hmm, friends mm-hmm. Um, or they just, you know, give me shit for it or, you know, they start smoking weed and I'd have to leave, you know, we'd be all hanging out and, you know, we'd be at my buddy's apartment and it'd be like, well, we're going to go smoke weed now. We're like, okay, well, uh, have a good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. fortunately, hopefully it's not that way anymore. We're all in our forties <laughs> now, but uh, to each their own. But, uh, you know, it, at first, I felt like a sellout, but then I just came to terms with, like, listen, being a police officer is just what I do. It's just my profession. It doesn't mm-hmm. make me any any less or more of a person. You know, I still put on my Sakani jazz and, <laughs> and, and freaking blast hardcore music driving down the street. Yes. But just because it's coming out of, a, out of my F-150 instead of my Honda Civic now, but... <laughs> <laughs> so true. But, uh, no, <laughs> younger me, I think younger me uh, got in trouble more at work because of my home life or or personal life. Uh, just because I wanted to be still be that hardcore kid mm-hmm. and like go to shows and and live that lifestyle, and it started to affect my work. Uh, I'll never forget one of the police departments I worked for uh, had a one of those do-it-yourself venues. We, you know, we'd rent out and have shows there. And I remember we had Dead to Fall come and play. Uh, and Nice. Um, it was like in a little residential neighborhood. And, you know, of <laughs> course, the neighbors were like, oh, my God, there's Kill Your Mom music coming from next door. <laughs> and there's 200 people standing out in, in my yard. And uh, I'm at this show, but it's in the jurisdiction where I work. And, of course, the cops show up, so everyone starts looking at me like, 
hey, you need to go handle these guys. I'm like, no, I'm going to go sit in my car uh-huh. and, and, Distance and myself. be quiet. I was never here. But I remember, so they like, they all came in and were like, show's over. You're in violation of the noise ordinance, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're trespassing on the neighbor's property. And they shut it down right in the middle of Dead to Fall set. Uh, and yeah. they... So all the cops left, and then Dead the Fall was like, okay, we're going to play our hit, you know, so they start to the intro, and I just remember, like, the cavalry showed up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, 10, 15 cars pulled in, and I was like, well, buddy, it's time to go right now. Uh, (laughs) So then they were like, of course, I get pulled in the office. They're like, "Uh, yeah, we saw that you were there, this and that, so... If you're going to be involved in that kind of stuff, you know, you might want to think about a different career. So we had those kind of talks. And at that point, I was just like, yeah, you know, go fuck yourself. But fortunately, it never came to any significant discipline. Right, right. (laughs) And that goes back to exactly what I was saying in the beginning about house shows. Like, that's why I avoid them. Like, you get one crabby neighbor and then they'll be like, you work for who? You know, or I don't hope it wouldn't come to that, but you never want to especially me being, you know, 30 or 40, whatever, don't want to risk my profession, my career over, you know, right. one, yeah. one cranky neighbor at a show. For sure. Love that too. And like my buddy and I, we went to see Slayer a couple of years ago and it's like, you know, we both work together. He works with me. He's technically my boss now, but you know, you go out, we went out to dinner and we had a couple beers and just like, okay, well, now we're 30, 45 minutes from home and we've both had a couple beers. Like, look at the situ- or the position that we're putting ourselves in mm-hmm. that we go out every night and hunt, like, to make sure that people aren't drinking and driving. And now we're putting ourselves in that situation. So, fortunately, we caught ourselves like, okay, let's, let's be done. Mm-hmm. And we've already spent enough money anyway. So, but yeah, it's just those especially the younger guys, man. Like they ask me all the time, like, Hey, we're going out after work. I'm like, dude, don't go out to bars in your own jurisdiction. Number one. Yeah. That's just, we've had so many people get in trouble or fired because of Mm -hmm. situations that have happened and, uh, you know, fuck them. They know better. They're adults. I'm just like, dude, I've got a, I've got a family to go home to. I can't, I'll go home and sit on my couch and drink a beer. Right. Drink a beer. I don't need to, Make it an event. I've got everything I need at my house. Right. Right. It's the safe zone. Right. Exactly. Ain't no, ain't no cop coming to my house and, and, you know, (laughs) there's no, there's no DUI (laughs) checkpoint between my couch and my fridge, you know, so I don't need to. Right. (laughs) Not that I'm a heavy. No, no, but you don't need to put that situation out there anyway. (laughs) But yeah, it's just keeping yourself out of stupid trouble. Right. Heck, I don't even, I don't even really speed anymore. I mean, that's how old I'm getting. I'm going to, next it's going to be telling my neighbor kids to get off my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Turn down that ratchet music. For sure. I'm I'm getting old, man. Same. Same here. I can barely. listen to my hardcore at a reasonable volume. Right? Yeah, I can't blast it like I used to. It's like, oh, it's too loud. I can't do it. I have to wear earplugs. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yes, I wear earplugs oh, at shows. I always make That's sure. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's just, shows are just too loud. Yes. Like, I wear earplugs now. <laughs> and Stand in the uh, back. we had this conversation in our, 
in our yes in our chat the other day was like when i go to a show like play your five best songs so i can leave yes like <laughs> i don't have time to sit here and watch you for two hours my back hurts. Uh, it just because I yeah, yeah, I get back yeah. hurts. Real. I need to get to bed by a certain like, time, or I'll be grumpy in the morning. Exactly. It's past my bedtime. Uh, I paid good money to be here. Yes. Good money to be here. Uh, uh, just impress me so I can leave. Man, I remember right. going to shows and and I would re- I'd hate to be the guy that would only show up for the headliner. I would see every single shitty opener. Every local band, you know, <laughs> I'd go through all the, the noise that that was. Then we get to the headliner and, like, you know, oh, scream for the encore and go through all that. Now, listen, we don't need to do all that. We can we can skip all the way to what yes. I want to hear and I can go home. I don't have to. And it's like there's exactly. no there's no Denny's trip after the show or, you know, no, no, no more. No. Like, I, I my, my stomach gets upset <laughs> if I eat too late. <laughs> And I yes. need to get home, you know, if I have a babysitter, I have to like pay them and just, you know, get on with my yeah. life. Like mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have to get up early the next day. <laughs> right. And that's another thing about yeah, being just like, about yeah. being more sensible. Like you got family and stuff to take home or take care of when you get home. You can't be shit faced when you're, right. you know, out at a show and shit. Oh gosh. Yeah. If I came home one night. Uh, it was my daughter's last day of school during the whole COVID shutdown mm. thing. So she had like online learning classes and I had to do it like laying down on the couch <laughs> next to her. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll be right here, babe. If you need anything, <laughs> if you need help, I'll be never again, here. dude. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, I, I'm not a heavy drinker, but, uh, I just got out of hand that one mm. night, but when you're in your late 30s early 40s man those hangovers hit and they hit for days <laughs> right but going to shows too like i get home and i'm just like i have to take a shower i stink oh i've been around yes people so gross stale beer and cigarettes <laughs> and just I, I can't. yes it gets in my hair and i'm like i need to yeah it's gross right we're exactly the same jeans for five days yeah. oh oh my god yes the <laughs> <laughs> Like they're just broken in, man. <laughs> right? Right, right. You wear the same jeans all week. Well, it's lucky if you got to like you know a laundromat to like wash your clothes. So you're like, oh, this is still okay. Let me put this on. Back in those days, or when you're traveling, like you're you know oh, yeah. traveling or whatever, you wouldn't shower for a few days, and it was cool. But now I'm like, oh, I get so grossed out. Yeah, yeah. take like Ugh. a baby wipe Play shower it. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had that. I remember. God, our van must have smelled so bad like when I was in a van <laughs> yeah. and we were traveling around. But, of course, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, you don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, sleeping in Walmart parking lots yep. and having to, like, get the ramen cup of soup for dinner because <laughs> we had no money. Because we didn't sell enough t-shirts yeah, or right. whatever. Uh, that was back in the day. Gosh, man, we used to make some stupid drives. We would drive from, like, I don't even know, Colorado to California. Well, with no shows in between, mm-hmm. like that is a long yeah. trip. And Robin, you're from out there, like yeah, yeah. It's just that's a long like, drive. Twelve hour drives. Oh, yeah. for sure. What uh, kind of uh, anything? Or... What kind of band did you get? You had a hardcore band, right, or a metalcore or something? Yes, yeah. So it was like the first band I was ever in it was kind of like a metalcore band. Uh, we were just god awful, but uh, 
I played, I ended up filling in for bass in this pop punk band. They're, I don't know what happened to their bass player. And <laughs> I just happened to know the guys, uh, ended up joining the band kind of full time. We were on some small record label. I don't even remember what it was called who put out our EP, but, uh, it was fun. I mean, we, we traveled all around and, uh, it was funny. It, you think of this stuff and you're just like, man, those were the days. Like we were, we scheduled this show in, uh, Canada. It was, uh, about halfway between Windsor and Toronto. I forget the name of the town, but, uh, we got to the border and of course, you know, there's four grungy kids in a van pulling a trailer <laughs> and the Canadian border was like, yeah, where's your work permits? Cause you didn't have to have a passport back then to get into Canada. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, what do, you, what do we need work permits for? They're like, well, you're going to make money, are you? I, I was like, no. <laughs> Probably so not. We're a freaking rock and roll band. Yeah. Like, we're, There's no money we're not going this. in here to make money. <laughs> so they wouldn't let us in the border or across the border. So uh, the border from my house is probably about seven hours. So we drove all the way back and ended up playing a local show at uh, this little <laughs> this little place that so we drove like 13 hours to play a show for no money and then drove home. It's amazing. It's like super cool. Right. I have a we, uh... Canadian border story um, as well, but I mean, I've never been in a band, but we were traveling. We went to Buffalo, I think, or Syracuse. I'm sorry. I know <laughs> uh, to see, to see a show. And I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I don't it's know why something. it is about Buffalo and Syracuse. They had like the best hardcore bands come out of there. Yeah, like, like I Buried remember Alive wanting is one of my favorite bands of all time. Which one? Buried Alive. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And then I think I think Earth Crisis was from Syracuse. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I think so. They're up from upstate New York. Yeah, I think Syracuse. But yeah, yeah Buried Alive. Oh my God. And then like Scott went on to form Terror there, but um, yeah, I'm, I forgot who we went to see. But we decided to go see Niagara Falls. So we uh, drive over the border and we got over fine. And we, we were so stupid. We rented this car and we put like a cardboard sign in the back to like let other hardcore kids know that we were hardcore <laughs> kids. It's so stupid. It said something like representing the 303, which was our area code. Um, and so, so we're coming back across the border into New York and the, you know, border or customs, whatever. Um, they're like, um, so what's that supposed to mean? Cause we, we had X's on the like X 303 X or whatever. They're like, what is that supposed to mean? And we're like, oh, it's just our area code. And, you know, we came from Colorado to see these bands play, blah, blah, blah. And so then they start grilling me. I give them my um, driver's license. All right. And they're like, well, where were you born? I'm like, in the, the U.S.? Well, where were your parents born? I'm like, well, my mom was born in Korea and my dad was born in, like, Texas. And they're, so they're, like, grilling me because, I don't know, I guess I looked <laughs> the most ethnic or something. I don't know. But it was just so stupid. We were stuck there for, like, an hour because of this wow. stupid sign cardboard sign that we had 
Um, and we <laughs> oh, we were almost late to go to the show because we got there a day early and we decided to go to Niagara Falls and stuff. And it was yeah. it was so dumb, but yeah, um, I I cannot remember who we went to see. I want to say it was like no, I I want to say One King Down, but I I think that's wrong. I think One King Down had broken up by then. I'm not sure, but anyways, One King Down, they're a New York band. Yeah, right? yeah, but I, I okay, I, that's my thought. I'm trying to remember because didn't I'm pretty sure like the singer he went on to um, start most. Precious Blood, right? I don't know. Most Precious Blood was in Michigan. Right? Oh, then maybe I'm wrong. I'm old. I could be so. wrong, too. <laughs> I uh, have a similar experience. My buddies, we we're all hanging out. We had like a, a hangout house, and my buddy gets a phone call, and he's like, hey, we had a friend named Spike who lived in Kansas City. He used to live in Ohio. He's like, hey, Spike's on his way through in his van, and they're going to the Super Bowl of Hardcore in New York City. Do you want to go? Mm. We're like, okay, yes. yeah, sure, when we're going. They're like, no, they're going to be here in like a half hour. I was like, well, fuck it. <laughs> so, you know, being the 18, 19, and 20-year-old kid, you just hop on the van and go to New York mm-hmm. City. We actually didn't end up going to the show. We ended up, uh, my buddies and I just walked around the city all day. They went to the show, and then we figured out a meeting place, and we drove back. It was like we got stopped by the cops so many times <laughs> there and on the way back because they just see, of course, you know, the guys out on the highway looking for stuff. They just see, like, these eight dingy kids in this van, yeah. and they're yeah. like, yeah, well, there's there's definitely 18 kilos of heroin right? in that one. <laughs> Doing some right. interdiction. So, yeah. Yeah. So, God, we got harassed so many times, and they just, you know – I didn't have tattoos back then, but we all were grungy, stinky looking. Like, okay, you guys are obviously going to New York City to pick up drugs with the <laughs> Kansas license plate. Like, right, right. I swear to God, we're not. <laughs> I, uh, my old band would go from New Jersey to Pennsylvania to New York to Canada and then back. And they would play a couple of shows up in Canada and then they'd come back. And they did this like every six months or so. And their tags kept hitting on the different license plate readers up and down that trip. And so they got stopped <laughs> somewhere, I think, in New York. And they're like, listen, we've been we've been tracking this tag for a couple months now. You guys keep making the trip. And obviously, same thing. It's a van. It's a trailer. Like, we're going to search the whole thing. We got blah, 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 blah. They pull everyone out. They got the dogs. They run on it. Nothing. These kids, you know, they're straight edge. They didn't do anything like that. But just because they kept going to play gigs and all that stuff, you know, it was, you want to talk about profiling. That's profiling right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think now, like we're not being in law enforcement. You don't see a whole lot of this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people who don't know what they're looking for key on that kind of stuff because it is easy to profile that, but I was like, okay, listen, there's a there's a difference between this tattoo and that prison tattoo. That <laughs> right, right. Uh, I paid a lot of good money for this stuff, but uh, <laughs> right. yep. And that guy paid with his ass. <laughs> I was just thinking <laughs> exactly. <that. laughs> but uh, yeah, it it's crazy to think like as a hardcore kid, you can call myself that. Hey, I still call myself a hardcore kid. <laughs> to, to think, like, to, to even see other, 
police officers profiling these, mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. Yeah. hardcore right. kids. Reform, so, we're like you reformed hardcore kids at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I remember. It's crazy to think yeah, though, like, oh, that we're out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I remember like I would have a ton of stickers on my car, uh, band stickers, all over the back of my car when I was like 19 of every band that I would see and I get pulled over all the time because of those stickers. And, you know, they would always think that they would find weed in my car. They would smell something. And, uh, you know, of course they wouldn't find anything. And they're just like, well, why do you have all those stickers on there? I'm like, because these are the bands I love. Like what's, is that a crime? Yeah. Being punk rock yeah. is not a crime. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Skateboarding is not a crime, and being right. punk rock is not a crime. Exactly, man. I was I was straight edge for from I don't know fifteen to twenty two ish. You know, big sellout now, but <laughs> um, back in the day, like you know, we had a lot of interactions with cops. We actually had the the police athletic league hall that we rented out for shows a lot. Um, so. And I don't think cops, at least in my hometown, understood what straight edge was. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up having a pretty decent straight edge scene. And then it all of a sudden got around that, or to, to law enforcement that this this was now a gang. <laughs> you know, because people had tattoos, they were wearing t-shirts right. and this and that. So when I started in law enforcement, I had a... a tattoo on my arm with a straight edge tattoo and you know i had to disclose that on paperwork and i remember just going through the background process like you were involved in a criminal gang like no you don't understand it's like it was a it was a promise to myself to not drink or you know do drugs right basically the exact opposite of a gang really (laughs) yeah i try to explain hardcore kids to someone who doesn't know anything about exactly it doesn't work okay it's a lost cause yeah they don't get it like you try to say it's no, like it's in just between. kill your mom music. Yeah, <laughs> right. You right. try to describe it as in between like metal and like I don't know hard rock, and they don't. No, get it. the they're, moment they, they they turn their ears off after me- metal, and they're like, oh, got it. So yeah, you're one of those they, Satan worshippers, right? Yeah, that's yeah, why I would yeah, never exactly. even bring up the the term hardcore like around mm-hmm. any of my cop friends or coworkers because no one knew what that was at no. all. So no, they and they still don't. They don't. And they still don't. Except if you're um, like us. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God for you guys. Exactly. It's cool. You know, like you know, all cops around the country have uh, that bond. Like you mm-hmm. know, we've we have vetted ourselves in some sort of way, and we are now a part of this brother and sisterhood. But to be to dig deeper mm-hmm. into that subgenre of hey, there's like hardcore kids that are also cops. Yeah. Who gosh. There can't be more than a thousand of us uh, nationwide. You wouldn't think, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, yeah, it's maybe there's probably more, but gosh, I mean, they haven't come out of the if closet. I didn't find you guys, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being a closeted hardcore right, kid right. for twenty years in law enforcement, and you know, it's it's awesome to know that there are others out there. It's literally like, like mining for gold. You know, you sift through all the other cops, and you know, with their with their Toby Keiths and their, you know, all the like mainstream music that they all listen to. Or like to, and Five find... Finger Death Punch. That's yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I can't tell you how many times, like, because with the dog, I'm kind of integrated with the SWAT team mm-hmm. for certain things. Mm-hmm. But when they do their training, they're like, 
five finger death punches just blasting. Right. I'm like, oh god, this is just butthole rock, guys. Just yep, turn this butt rock. off. <laughs> 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 like, I'll put on some Slayer if you want to listen to some some real some metal heavy music. Yeah. But right. yeah, for sure. Yeah, they don't get it. Um, I I remember listening, uh, and this is kind of going back to when I was a kid. I worked at a Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, B Dubs. I worked in the kitchen. Fuck yeah, dude. It was like one of the funnest <laughs> jobs I ever had. And but I remember I was blasting uh No Innocent Victim. Oh, um, yes. Back in the kitchen. And oh, my yeah. manager was like my manager was like, turn this shit off. This is devil worshiping music. I was like, actually No. I was like, it's a Christian band. So he goes, There's no way this is a Christian band. So I remember just you know, back in the day of CDs. Right. You know, so I pulled out the C D and gave him the the uh the lyrics list and I was like, Look, listen to or read this stuff. And he goes, Wow, okay. You proved me wrong. But still like, turn yeah, that shit off. Perception. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, it still came off. It, it still <laughs> I remember, and I, I think I talked about this in a previous episode somewhere, but uh, I was working plain clothes and working like our downtown district or whatever, and I wore a bad religion shirt, and my lieutenant at the time was like, you can't wear that. It's got a cross on it that's being crossed out. That's it's un- unacceptable. <laughs> I'm like, why? And that bad religion shirt from where I grew up or where I lived and everything, they got me so much shit. I can't tell you how many little old ladies would come up to me and go, oh my God, are you a devil worshiper? I was like, yes, yeah. yes, I am. Stop talking to me. I still have one. <laughs> right? I, and I, and I'd wear it. I wear it. I remember in the grocery store, I got so many looks like last summer. I got it. I bought it last summer. I was like, <laughs> I got to get a bad religion shirt. And of course there's only one bad religion shirt. I think you should have. And it's that mm-hmm. one. Oh yeah. I just remember it's just iconic. being stared at. Not, not to mention, like I already get look for you know having two full sleeves, but you know it's pretty common around here. But now you add the the cross that's crossed mm-hmm. out, and you just they're like, oh my god, this guy probably murders people. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's it's just a it's just a punk rock band, guys. Just yeah. take it easy. Yeah. Or or yeah, kid of Val. yeah, a kid of mine or kid of mine, a friend of mine in high school used to wear an anti flag shirt to high school and he like same thing yeah. he gets so much shit like how dare you wear something that that uh is against what we stand for in america i'm like oh my i i didn't know then but i know now and it just makes me roll my eyes yeah. even further like oh my god these people don't get it at all talk about judging books yeah. by covers right oh yeah yeah no kidding well they don't know that they don't know no, any better of course not i mean if yeah. you were to tell them that the singer of bad religion is like a professor at a freaking university yeah you know and and this and that like they'd be like that's no way that's that's not true it's like yeah no people cannot be smart yeah same with the descendants yeah you know he's like a uh, scientist he's like a neuroscientist right doesn't i think the lead singer of the offspring has his doctor or maybe just a master's but he's pretty smart yes i think he's a doctor too he's got a a science some kind of scientific extra holland yep so, they were a super fun show yes, back in the day. I enjoyed them yeah. a lot. I saw them and uh, um, Sum 41 co-headlined with them. And I did not enjoy Sum 41. It was before um, the lead singer got sober. So he was all over the place. He was a mess. But The Offspring was fun as hell. They were a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So when I saw them, it was after they had some pretty good MTV popularity. Mm-hmm. 
we actually got we scored free tickets to the warp tour and we had like backstage passes nice so we were able to have pretty good uh we were you know standing on the side of stage watching them but they didn't play any of their like MTV hits. It was all like stuff off the of Smash. Oh, good. Yeah, and, that's uh, that's a good album. That album. Oh yeah, that was one of my favorite albums growing up. Smash. That that's a banger still. Yeah, I, I still listen to that front to back. Yeah, it's a great album. I mean, they they still have some good stuff on their newer mm-hmm. stuff, but you know their MTV hits were a little corny. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, of yeah. course, of course. I um yeah. I had them on or they came on on a Spotify list yesterday or something and a song came on it was something pretty new I was like wow this is really good and I like saved it I'm like I'm gonna forget about this but this was a really good one I can't even tell you what it was but it was a good one yeah uh, that was a good year too like I always jocked I don't know why because they're looking back now it's just like man they weren't really went that good but um, Fall Out Boy was always my mm-hmm. band man oh yeah. Their first, their first record was it was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that um, one a lot. Yeah, well, and they were yeah, they were in hard. Had... I know that some of the members were in hardcore bands before the, yeah. before Fallout uh, Boy. Like Pete Wentz was in a like metalcore band or something like that. He was a hardcore kid. Yeah, from... Arma Anglos. Oh, okay. Um, and then I think. I think their drummer played in some hardcore bands in wisconsin i know that like the milwaukee scene in the madison scene was real big back in the day with like seven angels seven plays oh and, yeah oh my god i forgot uh, about them yeah they, oh man that was like They're, that was a heavy band. tough guy stuff back then yeah it was <laughs> I, well and going back to like those christian hardcore bands i re- like some of those metalcore christian bands like zeo oh my god like you totally yeah. think that they were like Satan worshippers, the way they played and and stuff, but nope, they were talking about God. <laughs> yeah, Zayo. <laughs> I always really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. They were great. They were always like, so the funny story. Their original singers from my hometown. Um, oh. oh gosh, what was the name of that album? That was so good. I know what you're talking Let's about. Look it up. That was on like Solid State Records or like Tooth and yeah, Nail. Yeah, Save like Yourself that. from Hell, maybe. It was it was a uh, Latin or something like that. Yeah. Liberate, two x te infernes or something. Oh, okay. Was, I re- I remember. Save yourself from hell was. Okay, I remember where blood and fire bring. What was that? Blood and fire yes. bring rest. That was the first album that I heard from them. Yeah, there was actually one before that. Oh. There was one called uh, Splinter that shards. Let's look it oh. up. Oh. Splinter Shards, The Birth of Separation. Okay. Um, which was, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, Where Blood and Fire was a super good album. But yeah, uh, Save Yourself from Hell, Liberate Te Ex Infernes. Oh, that's right. So dumb. That that album ruled. Still does. Still listen to it. <laughs> they're still like. The intro. Make, they're still making albums. Yeah, they still. And you know, I uh, was doing, I did this the other day. Uh. I was on Instagram and I was like, man, one of my favorite bands uh, from back in the day that we used to host all the time, uh, Despised Icon. Hmm. They're more of like a deathcore-ish, super good. They're hmm. from Montreal, but like those guys like slept on my living room floor back in the day. But I just happened to see this post. It said like, who is the best band to have two lead singers? And I was just like, oh, oh man. man. And everyone's like, despise icon, despise icon. 
uh, I was like, holy shit, I forgot about them, which is weird because I loved them. But they're still making music, still touring. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the band, but I was really into them. They're called Haste. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Yeah, Haste. they had two singers. Yeah. They kind of got a little less edgy as they progressively made music, but their first couple albums were super good. Yeah, I forgot uh, about Kind of hardcore-y, kind of mm-hmm. metalcore-y, hardcore, kind of right in the middle of that. Yeah, they were a super fun show, too. They had some big-time energy. Yeah, man, I... Just thinking about some of the the bands back then that I would see, like you mentioned, Seven Angels, Seven Plagues. Did you ever like a synth, Symphony in Peril? Have you ever heard them? Yeah, so they're from Columbus. Oh, are they? Um, hmm. Yeah, so Symphony in Peril is, so my friend Colin played bass in that band, but that the singer, Sean Jonas, was the original Zayo singer. Oh, wow, I just learned something. That's awesome. There you go. I love their song, um, Portrait. Oh, my God, that's, like, one of my favorite songs by them. But they're on my yeah, metalcore playlist. So, he, so my buddy plays in a, a band now. I don't. I think it has some of the same members. Uh, they're called Marathona, I think. Hmm. It's just, like, kind of doomy metal. But it's good. I, I still like it, which is awesome because, you know, People from that you jammed with and went to shows with back in the day are still making music, which right. is awesome. Mm-hmm. It, More yeah. than I can say, anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got a, a buddy. We were like, you know, in high school when we played in these little punk rock bands when we didn't know how to play our instruments and stuff. And <laughs> he, now he's playing in a band, like touring and uh, doing all, putting out records. All while maintaining, you know, being a husband and a, mm. and a father and having That's a full-time awesome. job. Uh, they're called that the Raging That is no Nathans. easy task. No, no, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> they're called the Raging Nathans, if anybody wants oh. to check them out. Uh, just yeah. punk rock band from Cincinnati. Pretty decent stuff. Shout out to Pat. Nice. Yeah, and double kudos for being a fully functional adult and making music. That's. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's... one side's going to suffer. You know, you right, pick right. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well be the kids. I mean, no. <laughs> hey, if I could quit my day job and open a record store, and that would oh, be like oh my, my dream, I would totally do that. Yeah. I heard, I remember you and Roger talking, and maybe Carlos too, like talking about opening up a record slash coffee shop. Yes. Like, I would be totally in. We should all put in be, and, it, and do it. Just do I'll it. be investors. I'll just buy a franchise. <laughs> Yeah, we'll call That'd it Punk awesome. Rock Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but freaking hardcore and punk. Yes, when you walk in and, and, then... and lattes and lattes. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, no what could no, possibly? I'm all for it. What's that? Oh yeah, there's nothing that could go wrong with that. Oh right, yeah, nothing could go wrong. I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, guys, I think we've reached a good natural stopping point here. This is really good, Justin. This is awesome having you join us and and share yes, your insight. Definitely got to get you back on, and we'll we'll pick apart more topics and 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 wrap. Robin, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to plan another one of these in the very very near future. For sure, this is fun. I love like bullshitting with you guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you are a punk rock copper and you want to talk about your experiences and policing and music and whatever, give us a give us a little DM or something, and uh, we will we'll hook it up because. This is fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, I look forward to talking to you in the in the future and on our in our little chat group. Absolutely, definitely. And, I uh, wish it was AIM still though. Oh, I know, oh, right? ASL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now it's WYD. It's not the same. It's not the same. I don't even know what half these acronyms are anymore. I have to like Google them because I have no idea. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> Urban Dictionary can be your best friend and your worst enemy. Be careful on there. Facts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We will catch you next time. Until then, it's Punk Rock Cops. We're out. See ya. Later.